0: This is Monster of the Week.
1: I'm Jeremy Greer.
0: It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam's got kicks and the
1: angels got on.
0: You're lying to Sam like he's your wife.
1: Which kinda makes me a mistress. Rest in peace, break home. This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and we are back. Uh, It's been a while since Chris and I have recorded this podcast. It's been a while since we've watched the episode we're going to talk about on this podcast. (laughs) We had some uh, real-life scheduling stuff. It was my wedding anniversary, and uh, we kind of re- we're got busy and we're recording some different things and just let time slip away from us uh so just right out of the gate i want to say like if we miss if this is your favorite episode of supernatural and we miss like some crucial detail i'll just write it in uh, monsterweek.cool contact let us know about it and we'll talk about it in the feedback episode i promise uh chris how are you today my man
0: I'm doing all right, man. It feels like this is a shared dream that we had, uh, a shared dream that we had two weeks ago because, yeah, this this is a far off distant episode. I bet we'll remember stuff as we get into it. I
1: think so, too. I just really like the idea that you and I had a shared dream and it's directed by Misha Collins.
0: <laughs> this was directed by Misha Collins. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Yeah,
1: yeah, this was his directing debut. I mean, he's not in it; like, he's still absent. But he's he's yeah. definitely directed. Uh, where's Kaz? That- <laughs> Hashtag Where's Kaz, which is going to be our season nine theme. I think um, <laughs> we've
0: noted Misha in the credits, but where is Kaz? <laughs>
1: uh before we get into the previously on or any of that stuff um right up top i want to say thank you to uh the highway to hell podcast for allowing us to come on and guest if you don't listen to it uh those are two or three ladies uh, we recorded with uh christine and Kristen, and and chris was there so it was very confusing for me all around yeah um
0: you just say chris and all
1: three of us responded yeah it was very it was very weird uh but they're they're they have one person that uh, is very familiar with the show, and then they have a new person who doesn't know anything about it and somehow managed to continue to keep herself blind. And uh, they invited us on for season four, episode nine, I think, which is I know what she did I last think so. summer. Uh, so please go check that out. You can hit, see our social media for retweets and all that stuff. Or uh, if you go into the show notes of your podcast app, I'll, I'll provide you a link to that. Um, but thank you. Shout outs to, to Chris and Chris, excuse me, Kristen and Christine. Just, also to yeah. Chris uh, for, <laughs> for, for, for letting us guest. I, really, I was really happy appreciate to be that.
0: there. <laughs> Um, I got to talk about Sam's biceps again. Yep. That's always a plus. Mm-hmm.
1: Some some hot supernatural loving with with Ruby mm-hmm. that we hadn't seen in quite mm-hmm. some time. We have actually, we actually yeah. haven't seen a sex scene in a while, have we? Am I, am I no breezing over one? Did we have one recently that I'm forgetting about?
0: It, you know, Dean got uh, he we got, got made a, a version in the eyes of Christ, true. and then he, he had sex with a former porn star. Oh, that's
1: that's yeah, but we didn't actually like see that. We just got to hear him talk about what he would do if that yeah. happened. So
0: yeah, Un- unfortunately, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Um, and also just a quick shout out, like we always do to our, our, our friends over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh, the last time we recorded we said if we got to 100 patrons that I would send somebody something in the mail and we did that so thank you very much we're actually at 101 patrons right now so thank you so much Um, if you're curious what that is it's a way to support the show with a couple bucks per month you get episodes early um, unless we record them late like we're doing this week (laughs) but (laughs) Uh, usually you get episodes early we do exclusive podcasts uh, about various topics you actually have the chance on that patron on that patreon to suggest things for us to cover we've got all kinds of cool stuff coming out for that so that I'm super excited about that um yes
0: and we are getting pretty close to having two bonus episodes per month. So yes. if that's something you're interested in, and you want to help us reach that goal, you can uh, you can head over to the Patreon.
1: Yes, and um, I'm 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 looking forward to that just because we we have been recording a bunch of stuff, and we have a bunch of Monster Weeks present stuff like on deck, and I just want people to hear it. Like it's it's really weird, like yeah. recording something and not like putting it out there. Like it's, it's kind of frustrating to me in some ways. So yeah, definitely we, help. We, us we've do had that. some some stuff in the bank for a while. We have we just, like, <laughs> exactly. We've like
0: whole other podcasts at this. point. That people need to hear people so. need to
1: hear this they need to hear two white guys on a podcast talking about anime it's never happened
0: we're the first it's, we're the only ones i checked <laughs> <laughs> or
1: about a, or about like famous netflix tv shows we need to be yeah, yeah. We, we're the first we got to be out there yeah. um but thank you to everybody that does that we we really appreciate it uh chris can you catch us up with what's been happening in season nine so far yeah um This,
0: I mean, I I know I said this was a shared dream, but once again, I think I wrote this in a fever dream. No, it's not fan fiction this time. It's just a bad, it's just a bad road so far. But here we go. the Road so far. When young Sam and Dean Winchester's mother was murdered by a demon, their lives were uprooted and taken on the road uh, of revenge with their father. There's no jokes there. It just, it just is. Um, now, as well-adjusted adults, there's the joke, the Winchester brothers have had their fair share of scrapes, bumps, and bruises. But with Abaddon, a knight of hell, conjuring up demon- a demonic army, uh, Dean was left with no choice but to accept the Mark of Cain, a mystical curse that will give him the ability to wield the seemingly all-powerful first blade. But when frenemy Crowley swoops in and snatches the blade, (laughs) Dean is left to deal with the murderous after effects of the blade still coursing through him. Meanwhile, Sam continues to look for cases and fulfill his duty as a legacy of the Men of Letters, all the while trying to sort out his complicated and totally normal relationship with his brother. But when a case sees the boys separated... How far will Dean wander without his brother, and will Sam find a clue about what Abaddon is up to, or is this just another geriatric sex quest?
1: Whoa, geriatric sex quest, strong contender for a name of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a, this is a, I really like this episode. Um, I did too. (laughs) I, I think it's really good. It's, it's, uh, it's, I like, I I like when we get flashbacks to stuff, um, and I, just more and more Abaddon, like, give me more and more Abaddon, and I think this is, like, a genuine, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. a genuinely spooky kind of tale, like, this, this actually, like, is, is kind of frightening, what's happening here. Yeah, this is good
0: shit, and I, we get a lot of, um, so, I've always said that my favorite thing about the show is the boys interacting, but a lot of what I like about the show is the boys interacting in very subtle ways, which usually means... They're on a case, which we actually don't get in this, but they're on a case and they're interacting with other people and the boys share a look or like a single comment or whatever. And the episode itself is more structured around the boys talking to these other people, interacting with these other people's lives and the supernatural force that's happening while they just, you know, throw some one-liners back at each other. Um, and even though Sam is on the hunt alone in this episode, it still had a lot of that good like that good beefy supernatural shit where they're both kind of digging into some shit with other people.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so we're covering season 9, episode 17. It's called Mother's Little Helper. This was written by Adam Glass, directed by, as we mentioned, everyone's fan favorite, Misha Collins. This aired on March 25th, 2014. Misha Collins makes his directing debut. Dean struggles with the after effects of the Mark of Cain. Meanwhile, Sam hears about a case where straight-laced people are turning into violent murderers. Sam suspects possession and suggests to Dean that they investigate, but Dean tells him to go without him. While interviewing the local townsfolk, Sam meets an elderly woman named Julia, who tells him the men of letters came to town in 1958. Eight. Josie tells Sam, we just changed names. Who's Josie? This was Julia. <laughs> Josie Julia. tells Sam the story of a young man named Henry Winchester and his female companion, Josie Sands. Uh, while Sam is away, Crowley tests Dean, which is kind of the plot of the episode. So I think we're done here. Do you want to plug Patreon uh, and leave? You want to yeah, get out of here? Get out of here. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. Our cold open, we start with a flashback to the Men of Letters. Um, and we are reminded of the, uh, the, the massacre that occurred where yeah. Abaddon took over, um, Josie's body and, uh, the Men of Letters were basically wiped out except for Henry who time traveled and like the one other random dude who just wasn't there.
1: Yeah. The supernatural mother load guy. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> um, we start on in Milton, Illinois, uh, where this, uh, Mom comes home from from working like I f- I feel like like there's stuff there's like kids' drawings on the refrigerator and everything. Um, And there's this, like, very stereotypical lazy husband in the recliner watching golf, uh, complaining that she's going to make meatloaf Uh, again. He doesn't doesn't want meatloaf. So she grabs, like, a fucking candlestick and just starts bashing his brains in about it, which, to be honest, is a fair thing. Like, this woman's cooking you food. Like, you don't, you know, get up and cook something yourself, my man. Like, you don't get to complain about the menu that you're not (laughs) contributing to. (laughs) I'm not saying that maybe candlestick to the head is, like... Maybe just once, right? Like a like a light One, candlestick to the head, yeah. not, and
0: maybe just like a yeah. You don't need the whole candelabra. You just get like a Yankee candle, and that'll. I mean,
1: that's just enough. lob a Yankee candle. In. <laughs> that's what you need to do. <laughs> yeah. Lob some strawberry essence or, or something yeah, or whatever which, the fuck those g- candles are called.
0: To be fair, those things are hefty and heavy, so he'd probably die from that. But um, yeah. So she just uh, she just beats this guy to death because he doesn't. Uh, he's not interested in their menu. Yeah. That's weird, right? Um. So we get our splash screen and then cut to the standard supernatural opening, which I don't think I realized until just now, which is when you start an episode or just start a scene, but it's better when you start an episode like this with, so I see you didn't get any sleep last night, huh? Which is exactly <laughs> how we go into this.
1: Yeah, Dean is doing some some hard research into Cain and Abel. He's, he's slamming books down, and then Sam comes in, and it's, it's like very obvious that Dean hasn't uh, had any sleep, and he's been kind of going hard in the paint on this uh, and Sam describes this case, and it's like, hey, there's these people; they're going crazy. This sounds right up our alley, right? This sounds like one of ours. Um, but Dean's like, no, no, you go, you go do it alone. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here chasing Abaddon and the First Blade. Uh, of course, they fight about this, and Sam accuses Dean of being possessed. Uh, Dean's or obsessed, not possessed. That's a different obsessed. This, uh, different cess <laughs> yeah. that we need to that, worry about. It's a
0: whole. That's like a whole different like thing that you would have to yeah. get. <laughs> it's a different dungeon. conversation.
1: Yeah, I went back to season four. Yeah. Okay, Howie to Hell ruined us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but Dean just says like he like this is my job, and I just need to end all of this. Like I need to I need a way for all of this to go away. Like obviously he's kind of cracking under the the pressure a little bit, and um as we're going to see, like his drinking is going to be on the quite a bit of an uptick during this episode.
0: Yeah, we haven't seen too much Dean drinking recently. Um, just mostly recreational stuff. But um, yeah, this is definitely, I think, I mean, as we go throughout the episodes, we realize he's kind of trying to suppress another feeling that isn't just oh, the typical loneliness, sad- sadness, gr- regret, you know, those he's, he's used to dealing with. Mm-hmm. But there's something else kind of coursing through him now that, you know, maybe maybe the whiskey ain't going to help, but... Um, it's, it's sure, it sure is worth trying, I guess.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's definitely worth trying the whiskey out first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta give it a couple days to see if it's gonna pan out or not. And, you know, usually it's not, but you, you do it anyway.
1: And to his credit, Sam is, is like sympathetic to this. Like, you can tell that he has a little bit of empathy for Dean because, like, Dean is going through some shit. And Sam is just like, okay, man, like, we're, you know, I'm not gonna fight with you about this. I'll just leave. Um, he arrives at the police station and starts questioning the, the sheriff and finds out that this couple was extremely normal. The sheriff uh, like kind of has this weird reaction to like sulfur of like, why would there be a sulfur smell? And he's like, I don't know, man. I'm from the FBI. I ask weird questions. What <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? I'm the FBI. Did you not see my badge? Uh, Did you not see this sh- a humongous suit that I have to get dry cleaned in every Poduck city across America? I'm fucking FBI.
0: You know what it's like to get tailored a seven foot suit tailored for you. It's very expensive,
1: sir. I ask weird questions. All right, <laughs> this cost eighty seven dollars to dry clean every time. I, somebody <laughs> spills a fucking cup piece cup of coffee on every it every time. <laughs> every time, officer. Now c- you could just please answer the question. Was there any sulfur? <laughs> um, and things get weirder. They go to interview the the, the chick and find that she has uh, killed herself. She has hung herself by the sheets, but not before uh, like opening up her veins and writing weird blood yeah. messages all over the wall. This is gruesome, man. And this is uh yeah. specifically this shot is uh like for whatever reason like r- gave me some like silence of the lamb feels like the the way that the camera like pans over into the cell and like she's just in the middle of it and it's horrifying. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it gave me it gave me some it gave me some spooky feelings.
0: It's yeah it's real. It just they throws it at it throws the horror right right in your face throughout this entire episode. Um, they're playing with like simple normal like ideas right like uh normal families normal relationships where somebody snaps um like your average person suddenly becoming something that they're not uh and later on like dealing with like christianity or like church and like a safe place is supposed to be uh there to help you actually doing something evil so it's playing off of like really common normal stuff that that can that can fuck with you and clearly misha directing this does a really good job of setting all that up
1: um, back at the bunker, Dean gets a phone call from Sam, and it sets up uh, what's going to be a recurring instance in this episode of Sam calling Dean to kind of discuss the case like you would normally do, and Dean just not wanting to fuck with this dude whatsoever. Like, he, he looks yeah. at the phone for a while when he sees the number and, like, hesitates before answering it, and then when he finally does answer it, he's just like, yep, uh-huh, okay, yeah, you seem to be seem to be doing the thing and um sure enough after he gets off the phone we see like the whole bottle of jack daniels that he started drinking at the beginning of the episode is now gone he's literally stayed up all night drinking jack and looking up abaddon
0: yeah it's part of me is like thinking like okay dean is so obsessed with what he's doing that he and he's just like doesn't give a shit he has no time for sam's stuff right now part of me is thinking like he's acting like this because he's hiding i mean that's what the drinking is anyway he's hiding the thing that he's that he's really feeling um, he doesn't want Sam to know about it. He doesn't want to deal with it. So he's just trying to focus on this Abaddon shit. But every time Sam calls, every time Sam pokes and asks him what's going on or asks him a question, he's just like, you're distracting me. You're like, you're, it's, it's almost like he's, I don't want to call him a junkie for it or he's addicted to it. But there's like something that's really pulling a dean and distracting him from everything else
1: well and, and we'll see this uh like as he's looking at that empty bottle he starts remembering back to the last episode maybe or the episode before that yeah. where he actually used the first blade on the men of letters guy and in the invisible castle because we're in season nine of supernatural chris and that's the things that we have to say out loud mm-hmm. with our mouths um mm-hmm. but when he when he experienced that like flash of of rage and then the kind of like just wasn't able to almost wasn't able to even respond to sam and like his hands in the present day start clenching at the table like he starts white knuckling on it so he's obviously dealing with some emotional stress right now of some kind whether that's directly caused by the weird magical mark on his hand and the blade or whether or not that's you know some emotional stuff some fallout from sam or probably more accurately a combination of all of that and all of the emotions he's been stuffing down that well in the back of his mind yeah. since he was probably yeah. two years old um how old was he when mary died was he three i believe he was four four okay yeah since he was four years old um but yeah he's definitely uh definitely having having some issues he picks up his phone he calls somebody uh we don't see who it is it rings once and then he hangs up like like almost like he's dialing an ex-girlfriend of some kind like exactly oh, d- yeah. don't don't want to do this
0: um this scene was interesting to me at the time you know at this point in the episode not knowing who he was calling i wrote down that i didn't know if he was crawling calling uh crowley which seemed the most like probable of this of the choices i didn't know if he was maybe calling castiel Where's but then Cass? castiel doesn't where is he <laughs> where is he um it wasn't castiel but i was thinking dean is looking at that bottle he's having these flashbacks and he's going fuck fuck this isn't good all right i'm gonna call sam i'm gonna i'm just i gotta i gotta call sam i gotta tell him what's happening because that's you know that's my, my better sense is taking over and i'm gonna let my brother know there's actually some shit going on and i'm kind of worried about it but um no that's not who he was calling
1: no as we're going to find out at some point later in this episode uh meanwhile it's time for another kill um i actually like this this setup quite a bit um there's this dude he's hitching a ride actually i'm sorry this is not the thing that i thought it was i thought we were going to be doing something else uh there's a dude he's on the street he's talking to his girlfriend about uh coming over and he's trying to hitch a ride over there this van pulls up and he recognizes the driver as a Mr. Richie. And the, the camera pulls back to show us the back of this van as the, the young kid gets in. And then like the van starts shaking and like weird noises and sounds start coming out of it. Like this, this little kid's being like killed somehow. And then there's Mm -hmm. like this weird blinding white light um and then later uh we see this is the thing i thought i was talking about okay yeah uh later this kid who i just assumed was dead right like i see somebody pulled into a van van starts yeah. rocking flash of white light that motherfucker is dead not coming back uh, but this kid just walks into the diner and then just starts like grabbing handfuls of mashed potatoes and like yelling at everybody what and sam is just <laughs> right there watching this like who the fuck is this guy this is yeah. this is weird this is adam winchester wouldn't even try to do this who is this guy oh
0: no wait no way. Sam Winchester. And his- a seven foot tailored suit just be like if he gets one drop of mashed potatoes on this suit he i'm charging him the 86 dollars for dry cleaning i swear to god um <laughs> hey uh sam sam's about to handle this because this dude's like she's the the waitress knows him she's like hey man chill out let me just get you some food no no big deal i don't know what your problem is but he's just screaming at her um and that's when sam is like hey bro chill the fuck out do you know what you're doing right now um And the guy kind of, you know, stares daggers back at at Sam. He's not too intimidated by it. Um, But as the waitress brings food up to him, uh, this dude just stabs her in the hand. And that's obviously now Sam has to get up and he just, you know, he handles this dude. (laughs)
1: This is this is very cool. It's very rare that we see the boys getting to fight somebody that's a lower level than them to put it in video game terms. Like yeah, normally exactly. normally <laughs> they're fighting they're fighting people at like their level 20. The enemies are level 20. Like everything's kind of evenly matched. But like seeing this kid who's obviously level 5 who's wandered into some in-game territory. I'm going to really torture this metaphor before this episode mm-hmm, is over mm-hmm. with. But uh just seeing him like completely just like just de-escalate he everything. Him, dude. <laughs> he cleans this kid's clock it's really great
0: yeah it's a whole thing
1: i um, and from here we go to um let's see we go to the jail right and sam mm-hmm. sees like there are not just this one kid but there were like three or four other people that are having yeah, this. Like, the, the jail, jail cell systems. is like
0: full yeah all these normal people who are just suddenly turned violent and uh even this scene is kind of interesting because as he's walking by everybody there's the one guy who's like writing in blood on the wall Um, somebody's screaming like there's just a lot of intensity in this scene as he's walking by them almost like they're like these uh, crazed caged animals but they're just normal people who have for whatever reason snapped Um, and then uh, when the cops the, the cop walks away he leaves sam there alone he splashes some uh some holy water
1: this looks kid. this looks so awkward and weird yeah the cop turned around he's like oh by the way can you uh
0: whoa what's uh what are you doing there buddy
1: they really need to just get those little mini super soakers and just keep them underneath their their vest so they can just squirt that stuff out at any time
0: they really do um but the, the kid doesn't react to it so sam is like what the hell are you Uh, And I believe he says something to the effect of um, he is free of everything or he's clear of everything. Um, That's that's what he is. Sam's like, "Uh
1: yeah, he doesn't he doesn't really know why he's doing this. He just knows that he wants to. Um, So we we have another repeat of our scene where Sam calls Dean Uh, Dean, having emptied the jacket at the at the (laughs) at the bunker, has decided to go to the local bunker bar. Uh, which I can only assume is a couple of miles away, right? Like everybody knows where the bunker is at this point. Um, and Sam calls once again, we have some couple of like, he lets it ring a few times. And then, um, Sam starts describing this, this, this problem. And he describes it like it's a basic instinct thing. And, that just confirms to me that Sam has never, ever seen the movie Basic Instinct, because that's <laughs> nothing about what happened. And granted, when I was a kid, I was watching Basic Instinct for totally different reasons than I'm sure, sure anybody, sure, sure. Been, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure, but yeah, I, yeah. just just I don't remember that anybody, like, lo- losing their souls in Basic Instinct or anything like it doesn't that. doesn't
0: feel like that's what that movie is about, yeah. Um, yeah,
1: Basic Instinct fans, get at me. I am at local bones on Twitter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just funny to me that, like, it's like, hey, Dean. I remember that time when I didn't have a soul, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so funny, man.
0: Um, and Dean's like, yeah, dude, uh yeah, I fucking remember that. <laughs> what of it?
1: <laughs> I don't really have time for this. I'm, st- I'm, sur- I'm doing work. I'm, I'm doing research. I'm playing
0: darts. So D- yeah, Dean's at the bunker bar, like the local place where I feel like when Dean goes outside to smoke cigarettes, because when Sam's not around, Dean smokes cigarettes. You can't tell me otherwise. Hundred uh, percent. He's can. outside. Like with with the bikers out front, like bumming six from them, and he's you know, he's chatting it up with them. He's a sociable guy, it's not a big deal. Um and they're like, Oh yeah, that's you know that's that, uh, that that dean guy or whatever like he, he lives in that i don't know that fucking bunker down the street
1: <laughs> he lives in that weird brick building that you can only see one part of the uh, one part of and the rest of it's underground like, so, he lives in that fallout like, oh, how, shelter how,
0: how do you know that a uh, random biker guy He's like well he drives the most conspicuous car of all time and i've <laughs> seen it parked out in front of that bunker
1: yeah even we know that there's a garage that you could put that bad boy in and we're motorcycle guys at the bunker bar yeah. like what are we doing what are we doing? Um, uh, so Sam asks for Dean's help. Dean says, "Nah, I'm good." And um, when they, he hangs up the phone, who appears behind him in the booth? Uh, but Crowley is it Cass? No, Ugh. where's Cass? It's Crowley, Ugh. our our lovely addicted to human blood demon. Mm-hmm. Um, Crowley has one of the best lines of Supernatural uh, in this in this episode, where he says, "You're lying to Sam like he's your wife," which kind of makes me your mistress. Which is what am I? This this is a line that Autumn and I return to all of the time. Like this is up there with like, do the best of somebody better for me. So good job, Supernatural. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, it's very good. It's a very good line. Um, so, I th- th- but that's all we see is really just Crowley. Um, and then we're back to Sam back at the station. He overhears a woman talking about demons she's like talking to one of the cops she's at the counter frantically just discussing something um she says something about the men of letters i think she makes some reference to something where sam goes this is my kind of thing and he goes he just yells sulfur somebody say sulfur and he runs over to her um and he sits down to talk to her be like hey i heard you talking about demons what's your deal and she goes oh you must be one of the men of letters um and it's like oh what what do you what do you mean Um, And this woman reveals that the men of letters were here once before back in 1958, and now it's time for the flashback, which is kind of like the meat and potatoes of this episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's good. Um, I, you know, I think a spooky nun, a spooky... What do you call a group of nuns? A church? What is what is this place that they a go to? A convent. A convent, maybe. Okay. Um, a spooky convent is something I can get behind. Like, a, you know, anytime you make you take a nurse and like, or not a nurse, you take a nun and like make them evil. I'm not, that's, that's that's good. That's cool. Yeah, it's, I'm into that's, that. That's spooky. I mean, yeah. not like not in real life, but you know, in horror movies, that's that's a good time. Sure, 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 sure Please sure, do not harm any nuns if you're listening to this podcast, unless yeah. it's for the sake of okay. a horror movie. In which case, okay, this it's fine. Um, <laughs> do you do? do, do, do. Uh, Henry and um, what is this woman's name? Josie. She's Josie. Okay, so Josie, Henry, and Josie show up, and um, they are posing themselves as a priest and a nun, um, and say that they're from the Inquisition and that they need to talk to the mother superior. And then we go back over to Dean, uh, and Crowley in the in the present time because we're gonna be bouncing back and forth between several different timelines mm-hmm. for the rest of this episode. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um. So here it's just them um oh Crowley reveals that it was, it was it was he that dean was calling earlier in the episode um and he kind of just pokes and prods at dean about what he's doing in this bar um and then starts bringing up the fact like hey man you must have felt pretty goddamn good when you killed magnus with that blade huh huh must have uh, must have felt pretty good um but if you're here drinking away your sorrows it means that that good good feeling must have kind of scared the shit out of you too
1: yeah, and the reason, and since you are so scared, you were stalling this whole investigation. Like you were not, you're not getting any closer because you're afraid of what you might find. Um, which I feel like, if Dean, if this wasn't true, Dean would be like all over in this little verbal battle between growly Like he'd be, he all over it. But Dean really comes out the worst in this conversation. He's just like, no, n- uh n- no. I don't like, <laughs> I don't, I don't I'm, like Jennifer. I'm not who <laughs> <laughs> told you I like yeah. Jennifer? Yeah. God, hiding my notebook. <laughs> Did she say something? Is that (laughs) why? Did uh, she mention me? I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then we go back over to Sam and we find out that this uh, old lady that he's talking, talking to in the present was a nun at this convent back in the past mm-hmm. um Henry and Josie who have I'm going to fuck myself up because I wrote Julia throughout this whole thing when the old lady's It's name cool. Is Julia. I think the la- the old yeah. lady is
0: she Julia? She's
1: Julia. Yeah. Um okay. but they're meeting they're meeting there because this nun committed suicide um, and they they get permission to start the investigation in the nun's room um and on the way up to the room, they kind of have this discussion and Josie says like, I hate nuns. And Henry is kind of complaining about being in the field and that, you know, this is, you know, this is kind of a big deal. This is their last mission before they get accepted into the men of letters officially. And, but he's kind of worried because he has a family. He has, he had just had John Mm -hmm. Winchester and like, is this selfish of him to put his life at risk if his wife and son will be left without him? Um, And I don't like, I don't, really like I'm I'm kinda here for this. Like I don't it's it's kinda weird to have this as a like time travely flashback thing that doesn't like John never gets to hear this. Dean and Sam don't ever get to hear this. So it kind of feels a little like kind of fan servicey to me almost of like, oh well the the grandpa Mm -hmm. Winchester Mm -hmm. is fine, you guys. John may suck, but Grandpa Winchester is great. (laughs) Um but it's still like a legitimate thing I think think to be worried about. So
0: And we're building up some backstory for Abaddon's vessel, essentially um because as we're gonna go throughout it we learn that josie basically had feelings for henry yes um because she's saying like she's like your family's lucky to have you like you're a good man blah 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 and she's not like hitting on him or anything like that she Mm. she totally respects that he has uh, a family and all that stuff but it's it's her actions are fueled by the fact that she does have love for this man
1: Uh, absolutely Um, when they get to the room, they see all of these weird symbols carved into the wall and, uh, Josie recognizes as being pre Enochian and then means, and it says it means the Knights of hell. Um, so she's kind of, she's, she's already like the Bobby of this, of this twosome. So I'm already kind of into Josie just in general. Um, Back in the present, uh, Julia says she's going to keep going, but she says she didn't trust anything that she saw that night because it it got so weird. Um, And then back in the past, we see one of the nuns dragging what is very obviously a body down some stairs. And and Julia's kind (laughs) of spying on this. And, of course, another nun catches her spying, knocks her out, and she wakes up tied into in this basement um remarkably sam winchester hasn't been knocked out and is not also tied in this basement in 1958 which i was very surprised by
0: (laughs) really surprised that he wasn't there when she woke up um yeah we're i think just part of the the fiction and lore of supernatural is that you don't sustain any um serious head trauma when you get knocked out but if you do get knocked out it's for at least five to ten minutes at least
1: uh, yeah and enough in like you don't wake up until you have been officially tied right like that's the, you don't wake up yeah, until you, you get tied up is the new
0: <laughs> um, exactly unless somebody splashes water on your face or they've tied ropes around your hands you're not gonna wake
1: oh, up. oh yeah yeah and, and bonus points if the water is holy water right like that's definitely, the that's definitely. that's the easy way um julia um in the past again um watches as they they drag someone outside and we see more of the flashing blue lights like we saw in the uh van earlier in the episode um and then another nun um, or a demon nun i guess if you will i like the night i like the idea of a demon nun uh walks in and grabs a girl and and drags her out and they see more blue lights um and as she walks back in henry and josie show up and they start exercising these demons um and notably here i thought it was kind of cool josie handles herself better than henry like josie is is, is quicker on oh, yeah. the draw she seems like way faster with the exorcism just like all around like seems to be a better men of letters than the actual men of letters in the room
0: yeah because they're kind of doing hunter shit right now
1: they're doing this hunter not shit usually. Right now. yeah
0: yeah this isn't their normal cup of tea, um, and so and, and Henry's kind of a nerd, you know. He's yep. not built for this shit, but uh, but Josie's got it figured out.
1: Um, but the mother superior walks in, uh, and all of a sudden Henry. Attempts to exercise her, but d- doesn't work, and he gets tossed in the wall like the Winchester. He truly is like this. Seems like a very. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that getting tossed into walls and knocked out is is like the Winchester family gene, right? It's it runs in the family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's tall. It's willing to die for another Winchester, and it's getting knocked out and thrown mm-hmm. into walls. Like that's the three main. Components. If you do
0: a, if they did like a 23 and Me or something like that, they would <laughs> see that they have the the DNA for uh, for thrust against walls or something.
1: I'm I'm, I'm never going to use that service because I'm very paranoid about. Like handing all of my DNA so we can see to uh, some random fucking company that got like a couple of mm-hmm. million dollars of venture capital, but uh, I really want to see a results page, and I, so we can do a mock up and just do, uh, <laughs> Sam and yeah. Dean, twenty three and Me results with you know knocked out. Oh, man, that'd be great. Um, (laughs) So the demon calls them hunters. But of course, Josie says that they're the men of letters and uh, all of the demons in the room that are still there start laughing because, of course, she's a she's a woman and she's, you know, among the men of letters. Uh, And then they they threaten the main demon, the main, the Mother Superior, threatens to take Henry's body, but Josie very quickly offers her own instead. Um and the demon recognizes it is because of what you mentioned earlier. She has feelings for Henry and doesn't want him to doesn't want him to die. And mm-hmm. kind of teases her and says, you know, he loves you too, like a sister. And of course Jamie Lannister's ears perk up from across the world <laughs> and is like, Oh yeah, baby. What I was yeah. looking for.
0: Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, the reigns of Casimir start playing, and then um this was, so this is this is Abaddon. This is Abaddon and she possesses Josie in place of Henry, um, which is actually a worse outcome because if she had possessed Henry, she I mean she could have killed Josie, and that would have been that. But this way she possesses Josie um and then just plays it off like normal. Like once Henry wakes up, she just acts like nothing happened. Um so now she can infiltrate the men of letters and learn all about them from the inside. Now, it, and she would have gotten away with it, too, if it hadn't been for that meddling nun, because... No, she she uh, gets away with
1: it. She goes, she infiltrates the Men of Letters, and she kills them all, no, <laughs> except yeah, for, no, like, a couple. Does.
0: She does, because <laughs> Julia, Julia saw, but she's a coward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julia, Julia watched, she was hiding, and she saw all of this go down, but obviously Gabadon didn't realize that she was there, or maybe realized she was there, and just kind of didn't give a shit.
1: Um... As Julia in the present day is talking, uh, she finally mentions the name of this convent, and it's uh, Saint uh, Bonaventure. And uh, Sam is like, "Oh wait, that's that van that that dude came it got into earlier in this episode. If that is that, if that place is still active, then I can probably like go track these people down." Um, so this is a real solid lead. I just want to de-pack something here for a minute uh this this whole scene in nineteen fifty eight with um Henry and Josie. this is all rad as fuck, right Chris like this is great.
0: yeah <laughs> it's set like a it's just like a solid ass horror movie yeah uh, it's like, not it's not very long. there's not very much of it. uh and this set, I am convinced that this set is maybe not the basement, but the upstairs of the church is the exact same set that they used in the last episode with magnus's like magical menagerie or whatever his his fancy yeah yeah. it's the same exact set like i don't think that they changed anything they just took some decorations down (laughs) but other than that this really really works for me it's just something about it i mean you would think like flashbacks to stuff would be like this shouldn't be good but yet it is It, it manages to capture something really creepy and i think that's because we know how it ends we know that When Josie and Henry show up here, that Henry is going to be like the last survivor. He's eventually going to die in the future because of Abaddon. Uh, And we know that Josie becomes Abaddon. So there's just that kind of dramatic irony hanging over everything. We don't realize that it's all going to go down here. But there's just that sinking sense of of dread of, oh, fuck. Oh, no, this is bad. That pervades all the actions here
1: and i didn't really need any more backstory than i've already gotten yeah, from, from from henry or josie or the men of letters or anything like that um but i actually it surprised myself with how much i enjoyed this like usually when they try to to do these and this is not just supernatural this is just tv shows in general like the, the times they try to over explain someone or something's backstory i'm like okay like i was doing way better in my imagination than you have done now so thank yeah you for that <laughs> the entire tv show lost i appreciate that what you were doing there um <laughs> but uh this this really works for me um we go back over to dean um who is having this conversation with crowley still still Crowley's still basically telling him you're scared uh he compares dean to kane and you know of course dean's like i'm nothing like him and crowley says you need to, you need to embrace it because you need to figure out this power and you need to embrace it because you and i are on the same team and we have the same problems we need to figure this out to to, to kill abaddon together and then he says i'm going to the bathroom if you want to come with me to quote cross streams which is a very weird thing for crowley to say and yeah. a very weird thing yeah. for anybody to say to anybody else but sure yes. why not i guess I they're in a, a frat uh, now
0: yeah i took a i took a quote down from crowley in this situation because mm-hmm. um dean at one point he says that he's nothing like kane like you said and then <laughs> and crowley says who are you talking to because <laughs> i know you're not talking to me <laughs> Like, why are you fucking lying? To me? Yeah, <laughs> who are you talking to? I I know you're not talking to. And he says, "What's in the that bottle? Delusion." <laughs>
1: I am the literal king of hell. Like I can tell what, yeah. what, what you're doing right now, <laughs>
0: which I just love.
1: <laughs> um, when Crowley leaves, Dean notices another guy at the bar. This guy is, is clutching a rosary, um, and then he's kind of watching Crowley as Crowley goes to the bathroom. And Dean sees him pull a, a big knife, which has got got Hunter knife written all over him. This dude has Hunter yeah, written he, all over him, right? Like he's, he's, he's got, got Hunter denim. flannel.
0: He, yeah. yeah, he might he might have a vest on, which I feel like every extra always wore bobby wore a Mm -hmm. vest sam and dean have never worn vests but just about every other hunter does
1: sure but but, i mean they've got like five layers on so like they're they've got that's that's kind of like a vest right at least um so Dean catches this dude before he goes into the bathroom and is just like, hey, I could tell that you're a hunter. I'm Dean Winchester. And I'm like, Dean, you're not that famous. Come on. I mean, like, yeah. I know it's been nine <laughs> years, but could, I mean, maybe be a little cooler than that. Uh, it'd be like me <laughs> introducing myself and being like, hi, I am the Jeremy Greer. Like, okay, okay. Yeah. come. You've got you one like podcast right? that's kind of popular. Yeah. Don't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, But he tells them, you know, like, hey, that's the king of hell in there and Crowley will kill... Everyone you've ever loved, everyone you've ever known, all of their friends. And the kid's like, well, I, I do have a kid's sister. And he's like, yeah, d- d- you need to w- get the fuck out of here. Like, I got this. Like, yeah, let let yeah, the professionals yeah. handle this. I gotta go cross streams with him. And then outside the bar, uh, Dean and Crowley are Bumps talking. Bumps a cigarette. Do oh I, yeah, he talks to Crowley. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, he, so he bums like, a cigarette. He, he, he bums a cigarette from a biker and then he talks to Crowley. Um and he kinda tries to call Crowley out for shooting up human blood, and Crowley's like, No man, like I you know, I know what it's like. I, I can I can quote unquote touch the precious at any time, which is a little weird, but yeah, like yeah. Crowley's still apparently shooting up human blood and it has none worse the wear for it.
0: Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't really seem to give shit. <laughs>
1: And uh, from here, Dean just starts ranting and I, like they do this thing of like, I feel like Dean thinks that they have come to an understanding of like, I'm going to go find the knife and I'll bring it to you. You find Abaddon and we're going to do this together. And Dean talks about how he wants to kill Abaddon so much. And then like I I was look, I was listening to this and I'm like, Dean, like this is already the deal. Like you guys have already (laughs) decided to do this, like, you know, confirming it with a handshake doesn't necessarily change things. But I, but I also recognize like Dean's a little fucked up right now. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, he is kind of trying to find his feet in all of this um, because, I mean, in in the the, the denial of I'm not like Cain, blah, 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 because there is something new surging through him. And I know Dean has always been OK with like killing monsters and stuff like that. But this is um, it's never he, he's done it. We saw it in season two when he was grieving from John when he was killing those vampires and he was just really leaning into it and letting it be his catharsis. But Dean doesn't necessarily enjoy killing you know he might enjoy kicking demon ass and like saving the day uh, and killing monsters or whatever but or you know saving people from them. i don't know but just the act of killing itself and i don't think that's ever drawn dean in in the way that it is now and i think it scares the shit out of him and he doesn't know how to be scared of something like that because technically that's what he's always been doing he's always been killing but it's never felt like this before and that's scary
1: yeah absolutely uh, once Dean walks away, presumably to b- bum another cigarette from a biker, and in his Impala to go park it outside the like on the main yeah, street. They just they're the like, Bunker. hey, what's up, Bunker? They just call him. Bunker. <laughs> they just call him Bunker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's Bunker Dean. <laughs> um. He walks away and this hunter guy um, from earlier uh, comes up and is like, hey, Crowley. And Crowley's like, hey, Jake. And then they just have a conversation because, of course, this dude is a demon. And Crowley set this whole thing up from the beginning. Um, yeah. And at one point, I love Crowley's line here where the guy's like, he did just what you said. You know, he, he saved you. And Crowley says, of course, he saved me. I'm the best. And I, just, I, just, yeah. I just fucking love it. It's just <laughs> such like a mean girl's comment. It's so good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Crowley is something else, man. We don't have Cass. I don't know where he is. I would love to know where Cass is, but we, at least Cass? we have Crowley. <laughs> where is he? <laughs>
1: I'm yelling into my house, and I'm sure every time I do that, Autumn is like, What the fuck are they doing in there? Same.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, <it's man>. just, <laughs> my window is open,
1: I think, so I'm just oh, good. I'm kind of yelling in that direction. Sure, sure. Someone's going to be like, On Thursday nights on the outside of the street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Season 14. they are on is hiatus over. right now, man. <laughs> you got to wait. They're just out on Netflix. Go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Season 15 is going to be huge, though, I bet. <laughs> Real excited. later bro i'm assuming everybody everybody in boston says bro at the end of every sentence um definitely so sam shows up at this um oh i wrote it in here and abbey is what i was looking for not a convent ah Uh, yeah. yeah. sam shows that shows up at the uh demon infested abbey which has been abandoned um except for this one little place where he uh in the basement where he finds jars full of what are very obviously souls um and then this demon tries to attack him um, and he kills the demon with the knife but another nun gets a drop on him and then gets the knife away from him and this is the the demon that we saw earlier this is not Abaddon's demon but this is like the second in command demon I wrote her name down yeah. as Agnes seems like an appropriate name to me I don't know if that's actually accurate or not
0: Um. Uh. I don't know if I wrote it down at all let me see I got nothing <laughs>
1: Um, Agnes explains that uh, stealing souls from members of the church has been kind of dwindled down since people kind of stopped going to church. So they've mm-hmm. had to reach out to like crazy people and desperate people that are, are looking for answers. And the reason that they're doing this is because uh, Abaddon had figured out like if she can't change the hearts and minds of the demons that are currently in hell so that they would support her as queen of hell, then she would literally just create new ones. So she's farming, human souls with the intention of turning them into demons to support her in with as, as the queen of hell which is something right. far more vile and vicious and like queen of hell ish than crowley has ever done in this show <laughs> period end of story mm-hmm. like if anybody like um, i like crowley a lot but abaddon deserves to be the queen of hell at this point
0: she does she does she's i mean she's the daenerys of this show um so i oh i did write down agnes that's her name but yeah sam is like he acts like he's like unimpressed he's like yeah i mean i I could fucking, I could fucking God, change the soul if I want to. It's not even that hard. You guys are idiots. Uh, and then she's like, yeah, we have like, we have these soul factories set up all over. This isn't, this isn't just this one where we're bringing randos like by the twos and threes to this church. Like we have this, this whole situation set up in places all over this country, presumably all over, all over the world. I don't know why America is the only place in Supernatural that ever fucks with anything. But um, <laughs> that's that's the situation. So season, season sixteen
1: are, that there's hunters that do a much better job of this in every other country in the world. America just sucks yeah, at this. Yeah,
0: yeah. They don't have these problems in Canada. <laughs> like it's taken care of in Mexico. These they don't have these problems. They're just they're all set. Um, build, the <laughs> build the ghost wall. Build the ghost wall. Build the ghost fence, which is a real thing in, in real lore. Um, I don't know what it means, but there's it's a thing. Anyway, um, Sam. So if Sam pulls the fucking move of the year. He starts exercising Agnes. I love. This. She ain't having it. This is so. so she good. starts choking him out, and he's like, "Not, not today, bitch!" And he starts playing a recording of him reading the exorcism on his phone, uh, and it gets through like half of it, and then she takes the phone and she smashes it. Um, but it was just enough uh, of a of a break for him to be able to get loose, get the knife, and then stab her in the goddamn
1: spine. Dope, cool, dope, excellent. I love this so much. I. Uh, this this recorded exorcism thing got like a genuine like guffaw out of me because I'd forgotten mm. that it happened it's it seems like it's so dumb but it's one of those things where like the implications are so funny we talked about this a long long time ago and um, I want to say it was the the end episode where they go to like the alternate future or whatever it was like why aren't you just driving around with cannons of Holy water and like your full speakers on the exorcism yeah. thing. If this works, like just do this all the time. Yeah. Just roll um, through neighborhoods, blasting that. Yeah, like people are gonna give you weird looks, but also you're gonna save some lives. Like, I mean, yeah. come on. And if What's... anyone wants to
0: stop you, they gotta come running out. And now's your chance to get them.
1: And now's your chance to get them. Um, but I, I like this. I like this so much. Like this is this was a, this was a lot of fun. Um, and it actually it made me angry. And I'm gonna probably talk about this a little bit more at the end of the episode. But it actually kind of made me mad at Dean um for you know not being there to back his brother up like mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. his absence is is extremely noticeable to me in this that, that sam had to resort to uh technology trickery for his uh for his double this isn't even a double this is like a single brother bluff it's, like yeah, uh, it's yeah
0: it's, it's a single brother bluff and that's pathetic it's
1: bad <laughs> dude it's bad um <laughs> He walks over to the jars and opens one of the jars and like the soul comes out of it. I think this is decent CGI. Like, I think this looks really nice. Yeah. Um, it flies back over to the young kid from earlier in the episode, Billy, um, who stabbed that poor woman in the hand with a with mashed potato knife. Um, and this all looks looks pretty good. And he watches as like all of these other souls come into the jail cell and, and like comes back to find their homes as well.
0: Yeah, man, this is, like, dark, though. I mean, everybody gets their soul back, but, like, <laughs> at what cost? Like, that woman murdered her husband and then killed herself. <laughs> like, that's awful. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. She's still um, going to
1: have to go to jail. Like, at least she'll have her yeah. soul in jail, though. Like, think Sam Winchester. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe thanks, the stick is just on the path of turning into a demon now anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um. Yeah, but that's, you know, hopefully nobody else's crimes were as severe, and they were just, like, uh, singular stabbing or, you know, rude behavior. But, yeah, everybody gets their souls back.
1: And as Sam walks in the present day, Sam walks uh, Julia to her car, he asked her why she didn't warn Henry about Abaddon, because obviously she witnessed all this whole thing. And um, she says, like, she became a a nun to help people, uh, but wasn't prepared to to how to act or how to react in the face of pure evil. Like she was kind of there as, as, as a nun to, you know, just help like normal everyday people, not to fight a night of hell. Right. Like she has no idea how mm-hmm. to, co- she had no idea how to cope with that. And we do to get a flashback to like Abaddon as the mother superior, uh, or not, not as mother superior as Josie, like literally threatening her and saying like, none of you need to talk about this ever. Like we will, we will handle this. Um, and she continues in the present day that she was ashamed, so she, she left the order, and she was ashamed because she betrayed herself and her flock and her and her God. And Sam tries to reassure her and says, you know, oh, hey, what, what you shared today with me saved lives, and I could not have done it without you. Um, and I was very impressed with the fact that they didn't actually flirt with one another during this scene. Like yeah. props for yeah. not, cause this is a pretty weighty scene. Like this, this, this actress like really kills it. And I'm glad that they yeah. didn't undercut that with some bullshit. Sam Winchester is hot and I'm an old lady kind of joke.
0: Mm-hmm. She puts the tears on man. She just, she goes for it. Um, and it, it, it's heavy. Do we see? Oh, so the last scene that we, um, that we see of the flashback is Henry. He's feeling good that they saved lives. They're getting in the car um and abaddon gets in the car with him but you know she's pretending to be josie and they're they're driving off and there's just a scene where or abaddon is staring directly into the camera as they're driving by and i was like why is she staring directly into the camera and then it cuts to show like the point of view of the camera and it's uh the nun it's julia looking back at her terrified and it's just that the look from abaddon is like i know i know that you know and you're not going to do anything about it um and that's that. It's a really creepy, creepy scene.
1: And we, um, when we cut back to the old lady, the like she's the camera lingers on this old lady so much that I th- honestly thought she was going to turn into a demon. Like I thought there was going to be like a last minute twist somehow because it just like and she's she's very upset. Like you can tell she's she's cathartic for having told this story, and obviously she feels good that Sam was able to save something out of it. But she still feels this this guilt, and I I appreciate the fact that they just let it happen and like let her act her way through it because it's it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like, I, I'm so used to, oh, wow, they're showing this character for like five seconds longer than I'm, I'm used to this. It's she's just going to be a bad guy somehow. Like they got yeah, me. Her they eyes have to out. turn black now. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: But no, it's just a, it's just a powerful moment. And then it's just, Sam heads back to the bunker. Yep. And he is kind of his, his own passion for the search of Abaddon has now been refueled. You know, he, he has this new information and he has this firsthand account of somebody whose life was irrevocably scarred because of her encounter with, with Abaddon. And these people, these real people who are, are hurt by it, not just demons in hell, not just abstract souls, but like actual people in an actual town who have been forever changed because of Abaddon and her plans. And that's that's enough motivation for Sam to sit down, uh, open a book, grab a beer, not stop to take his jacket off indoors and nope. just, you know, mm-hmm. hit the books.
1: He slams that book on the table too, and uh, Dean's like kind of looking at him because he's he's acting a little weird. And then Sam has to fill him in on the the Soul Factory. What was your favorite nineties band? Soul Factory, Collective Soul, or Soul Asylum? Which 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 would you go for? <laughs> I think I have. I would have to go for Soul Asylum. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Um, but and he fills him in, and like there's this kind of like like Dean's just like oh fuck man okay, and like there's this silence, and then of course we get this over the top, not over the top, sorry, from the top. Uh, view of the boys sitting at these two separate tables, uh, which is obviously a little symbolism there because their relationship still isn't repaired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like studying as it just kind of fades out and we, we get our credit scene.
0: Yeah. And Sam is like right before like the credits go. He's like, by the way, like there's like four or five bikers smoking cigarettes out front. Like, do you invite those guys over here? What's the deal? <laughs> yeah.
1: why are there so many cigarette butts in front of the dunk- bunker door? Yeah. What is going on? Did you invite like, teams they just, over here? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. What is, what's
0: going on? Like, they just said what's up to me when I walked by. Like they weren't threatening, but they're like right
1: out in front of the bunker, dude. I don't understand why they're calling me bunker bitch. Did you tell them how to do? The, yeah. Did you tell them how to do that? Or- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm bunker boy or bunker bitch, man. <laughs> Look, I had two choices. Okay, you weren't here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, they I'll, were. They were.
0: <laughs> sorry, they were 100% calling Dean bunker bitch, and he goes, "No nah, bunker bitch, no, that's my brother. I'm <laughs> I'm bunker boy." And they go, "All right, whatever you say, loser."
1: <laughs> it's definitely like the uh, white power bill, dirty ears bill uh, yeah, from yeah. Arrested Development. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like this episode a whole lot. I I know I've been uh, with the events of season nine um, with everything that Dean has done. I know I've been really harsh on Dean and I've, 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 I feel like Sam has been in the right on a lot of this stuff. Um, and I know that like, that's been <clears throat> maybe, maybe a lot of people don't, maybe some people or a lot of people don't agree with me on that. And I, I'm okay with that. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. Um, <laughs> but I feel like, especially in this episode, uh, Dean has his head so far up his own ass that he let Sam go out. And even despite hearing that it's probably like a possessed case and that these, that something has happened to, to remove the souls of his people are just like, whatever, man, go deal with it. I got to drink and hang out with Crowley. And Sam literally almost dies because of it. Like if he didn't have his backup tech work, like if he wasn't a fucking like tech wizard, all of a sudden a tech romancer, if you will, yeah, um, yes. uh, he, he, he would have died. A demon would have choked him out and that would have been the ending of Sam Winchester. And I, I don't I don't know if you agree with me on that, but I feel like and I know Dean is going through his own shit like he's got the mark of Cain, but like Dean didn't really solve anything in this episode like he treaded Mm -hmm. water throughout this episode. He reaffirmed him and Crowley's plan, which is that he's got to find Abaddon and then Crowley's going to hand over the knife like he didn't have a journey of self-discovery while Sam was doing this. He just kind of drank himself through the episode and then like hung out with some bikers like that was all that Dean Winchester. That was all Bunker Boy did this episode
0: i think that this is the real key that dean has entered his new character arc i guess um things are about to be changing up for him in a, in a big way this is almost uh a dean goes dark side situation it feels like where he's now struggling with something that's so far beyond him that he's he's held in in place um it's like he, he you have an obsessive thought you can't stop thinking about it and it's kind of taking you, you can't play video games you you're you not really hungry you're just stressed out you know you, it's almost like Dean just went through a breakup or something, and he has so much on his mind. AKA, he has this this blade situation on his mind that he's not able to to think or act in a way that is appropriate. He just wants to kind of wallow, and wallowing is not good, especially for Dean Winchester, and especially the way that he's doing it. And he's isolating himself from Sam further. Obviously, that rift that that was already there is not going to help things, um, and it's going to lead. Dean, probably to drink more or to embrace whatever Crowley is trying to get him to embrace here um if he if he gets pushed further or or falls further towards Crowley, that's not that different than Sam falling towards Ruby in season four um so this is I think this is the beginning of of some dark shit kind of bubbling up for for Dean, regardless of his like attitude or any of that like there's there's some there's some forces at work upon this boy upon upon bunker
1: boy and I gotta say as we get as we're getting closer and closer to the end of season nine, I'm real excited to see how all this pans out. Like this, this is all good drama, right? Like I, I know mm-hmm. I've complained mm-hmm. in the past about uh, bad brother drama, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in, into it right now. Like I'm, I'm having a good time.
0: Yeah. We have to take it on an episode by episode basis. That's a really all we can do. I mean, it is still episodic television as much as they're still building a meta narrative and all that stuff. You got to take it episode by episode and just some of them hit, some of them strike the right tone and some of them don't. This one seems to to kind of hit the right notes for these characters that, um you know, make you question like what Dean makes you you kind of scrutinize why he's doing what he's doing and like, why weren't you there helping your brother? um And that's because he's he's struggling with a force that is kind of it's not like he's out there, like arm shaking, like trying to pick up a knife and stab something. But you can tell it's really like taking hold of his mind and he's he's trying real hard not to think about it, but he, it's not working.
1: Um, Chris, before we, we leave out of this episode, there's two details of trivia that we didn't discuss. And uh, I found one of these to be very interesting and the other to be okay. very not interesting. I'm hoping that okay. you're going to come to agree with me. Uh, the first of which is this is the first time that uh, Henry's wife and John's mother is named in an episode of Supernatural. She's ah. she's Millie Winchester, a fact that I either didn't pick up on because it's not in my notes or just completely forgot about. Um, interesting. This, the second one... Um, And this is actually not in the trivia section on the Wikipedia. I'll give them credit. This is in the cultural references section. Ah, Uh, When Sam calls Dean for questions about the case, Dean says, quote, sounds like a case of the crazies. In 2010, a remake of the 1973 movie The Crazies was released. The way the victims in this episode acts are reminiscent of the crazies in the film.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Mm.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a case of the crazies that definitely came from the <laughs> 1973 movie The Crazies. It sure uh, does. Man, Willie, M- Millie Winchester is, is a dope name, though. I like Millie a lot. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Any any final thoughts?
0: No. I, that was a good episode.
1: I hope, I hope we did the episode justice. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We we very much appreciate it. Thank you to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash monster of the week. We very much appreciate you. Be sure to check that out if you want cool stuff like access to our hip-hopping and discord and if you know that it's hip and hopping and if it, i just said you, hip and oh, hopping you know, in three times you know. in a row yeah um, and hey
0: um check out thinking face it's our emoji podcast we can't call it an emoji review podcast we're not we reviewing. we just dis-
1: we we, are we discuss dis- each we, emoji we are just having a, a very short conversation about each individual emoji uh it's it's a lot of fun that's episodes uh, are
0: like five minutes long yeah. they're all they come out three times a week monday wednesday friday Whole they're all episodes. on itunes or wherever you get podcasts like yep. it's just a thing it's just free it's out there it's you don't have to be a patron to get these um, and there, yeah, there, it's good. I believe it's, it's important for our culture to have, uh, this chronicles in the way that we're doing it.
1: <laughs> it's, it's definitely the Lord's work that we were doing. Yeah, it's not going to say which Lord. <laughs> um, so,
0: we'll, we'll- even that it kind of leads me this isn't is an emoji review podcast it's an emoji lore
1: podcast. <laughs> it's an emoji lore podcast absolutely yeah it's basically an approval system <laughs> of whether or not we actually approve of this emoji <laughs> or not um yes but definitely definitely go check that out that's thinkingface.cool. uh the website for this podcast is monster the uh we have some some links up there for merch and, and things like that go t- check that out uh a friend of the show uh, Dixon Amanda, um, who you may mm-hmm. remember from some various feedback episodes and also that time that we made fun of her Twitter handle, which was Dixon Amanda, um, sent us some, finally uh, us some Smanford University stuff. So I'm, uh, yeah, they're I'm, incredible. I'm mocking, <laughs> I'm mocking some t shirts and some, I actually just ordered a bunch of stickers today for some of that stuff. So I'm extremely excited about that. Uh, but thank you to Amanda and all of her dicks and uh, for, for sending that over. So hopefully yes. we'll have some new merch on that very, very soon. Uh, you can talk to us on Twitter at MOTWCAD. Chris, where are you at? I'm at Local Bones. And I am at JG Greer. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with... I um, um, have to hit back in my browser. <laughs> Metatron offers Castiel a deal. So we're fine. Yes! <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> Extremely good <laughs>
0: Okay, what episode was that? Actually,
1: 124
0: Damn you, boy What are we doing?
1: I am... Probably going to go eat and watch
0: Go movie. eat, boy We'll figure out our plans sure. We can talk Yeah, we can text
1: Word That was good yeah, I was, was actually fun. a little worried about that episode because we hadn't seen it so long. But obviously, we are we have gotten to be very good at this, so it didn't even feel yep. like that. I wish I hadn't uh-huh. even said anything. Uh
0: huh. It's good stuff. Um, it's part of it's almost better when we can't remember it because it just needs more riffing.
1: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> we just get into a bunch of random jokes like Bunker Boy and Bunker Bits. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> Bunker Boy. <laughs> Yeah, thinks he's super tough and hangs out
1: at these bars, but they all just call him Bucker Boy. They just call him Bucker Boy behind his back or in front of directly to his face. <laughs> yeah, and just do like, him, directly to him. He's just like, "Come on, <laughs> C- come on, Weasel. That's not right, man. I call you Weasel, and that's yeah. pretty cool. That's a cool name." <laughs> Because it's
0: not like he can be like, man, I fight vampires and shit. Like, I'm tough. Like, they'd be like, yeah, whatever, bunker boy.
1: Come on. I see you drive around on four wheels like an asshole.
0: Yeah. Yeah, They just constantly rag on him for for driving around on four wheels.
1: How much time do you spend on that car, you dick? And like, you know, they'll buy him a beer every once in a while, but they're never nice to him. They're never, yeah, they're never nice. I mean, they give him cigarettes. Like, all he's bringing to oh, the yeah. all, all oh, yeah. bar is a habit, right? Like, he doesn't have a lighter or anything. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got no, a little bit of a habit.
0: No. Right.
1: <laughs> all right, my man, you have a good night. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Hello.
0: Yo. I have made it.
1: It's a Chris Mosier.
0: <clears throat> it's me. What a time to be
1: alive. What
0: a time to be me.
1: <laughs> How are you doing, my friend? I'm
0: okay. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I feel like it's been a while since you and I have spoken with each other. Last time we recorded was... Like Sunday, right? No? I guess it was a week from Sunday? No. Or a... It was Monday <laughs> of last
0: week, wasn't it? Or Tuesday of last week, whenever we oh, yeah, did... yeah, um... Yeah, yeah. I need to remember yeah. to shout that out in the podcast. Don't let me forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Man, I got this thing on my lip. It sucks. It's huge. It took me forever to eat because it like it's it's all uh, inflamed or whatever. This whole thing. Hopefully, it goes away. Otherwise, I'm going to have to go to the doctor, and no one likes going to the doctor.
1: No, not in this economy.
0: (laughs) Not exactly. Not in this economy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, what's been happening, Chris? Oh, it's just you know,
0: just waiting on Game of Thrones. We can't really talk. Thrones too much, but it's all I'm thinking about.
1: Hey, folks, Jeremy here. Uh, This is future Jeremy, or present Jeremy, not the past Jeremy that was recording this podcast. Uh, Timelines are weird, y'all. I wanted to let you know for the rest of this podcast, the rest of the outtakes are all related to Game of Thrones. Uh, Chris and I just decided to have a 20, 25-minute conversation about it. Uh, This is very spoilery, so if you haven't seen through Season 8, Episode 4, and you want to maintain your... Uh, newness to those episodes you don't want us to spoil anything for you or you don't want to be exposed to any theories or thoughts or anything like that then skip the rest of this podcast and thank you for listening um if you're into that kind of stuff though uh we have a, a game of thrones channel on our patreon discord so go check that out um and or add us on twitter with your crazy theories and um yeah enjoy this kind of long conversation about game of thrones I'm very conflicted about Game of Thrones right now. <laughs> like I like oh, I mean, I love it. a lot of what they're doing, um mm-hmm. but like I have to turn off my my nerd gamer brain at some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but I I, I kind of I'm kind of into everything that they're they're doing. Like it's it's going really fast, but man is it just fucking like heartbreaking when they kill a dragon. Like that's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's just the worst fucking feeling in the world.
0: Yeah, um it's brutal too. See, I already thought that dragon was dead in the episode previous, so. You know, oh you know. really?
1: You thought he had died then? Yeah.
0: I thought it died in the, in the other episode, yeah. So um, I was like, oh, it's alive. Oh, I guess it's... Oh, all right, word. Uh, see you later, then. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't... It's not perfect, but it's. I'm still really entertained by it. And I, at this point, am just... I'm, I guess I, I'm looking for the broad strokes because it's been so long that I'm happy to just see the the outcomes of the big things. And there's a lot of subtle stuff that's going to be missed no matter what, because it's a television show. But I'm also going through the audiobooks now. So I'm like refreshing on all those books. Because I read some of them, you know, close to ten years ago now. So it feels uh it's it's I don't know. That in, in a way getting like the extra detail from the old books has like brought some fulfillment to the quicker pace sure. of the yeah. the
1: new season. I can definitely see that. What do you um I wish I wish we had like 12 episodes of Arya and the Hound yeah. going down to King's Landing like they they joined mm-hmm. up at the end of this episode and were like let's go and I'm like I want all of all of this this snappy dialogue back I just want yep. to see like 14 episodes of it
0: every prediction that I've had for this season so far has been wrong but I think that she will have to kill him um, I think that he's going to lose Clegane Bowl and she's going to have to put him down like she refused to do the first time around um i don't know why but that's how i feel
1: i just uh, you know when people talk about like because like, that seems to be like the general trend of people's predictions Are they're like well jamie's got to kill cersei uh, aria's got to kill cersei aria's got to kill the hound or whatever like i that seems it, it seems kind of standard for a lot of reasons and i kind of mm-hmm. don't like i don't like i don't like trying to predict this the to series that way because i feel like it just gets yeah. in the way of me actually enjoying it to some extent like in a, in a way yes. i almost wish i knew what happened at the end so i could just enjoy the ride like if you just told me mm-hmm. cersei is on the iron throne at the end i'd be like okay well that sucks but let's see what happens right like I'd, let me see right. how it gets there I, I but man i'd i just I'd like they, they're everyone's just traveling across westeros in like four hours man they're just taking their mm-hmm. uber dragons mm-hmm. and then they're there
0: <laughs> yeah and i wonder how the books are going to be because this is we have like what two and a half seasons worth now since that we've been past the books because the last thing that we see in dance with dragons is or one of the last things we see is john snow dying getting stabbed to death by the, the night's watch so like it's, that was a long time ago.
1: <laughs> like, it was a really long time ago. Yeah.
0: That's old news. So I don't know how he's going to fit all of these events into two books. It doesn't seem like it makes any sense. Um but I'll be curious to see how that happens. But yeah, every single prediction that I've had pretty much has been wrong. I think the only thing that I've been right about like for myself was like Jon Snow's parentage. That that's, a, that's about it. Yeah. Um I every prediction that I had going into the season um, for each episode has pretty much been wrong so far mm-hmm. which is almost like liberating because it's like that means that I just don't like whatever I think is going to happen I don't have the mind for it like uh, I'm trying to look at all the, um, the symbolism that they're setting up and different things like that and read into that because I think that's what this show is doing strongest right now whereas it has to gloss over like any fine detail it can still play with those those symbols and different things like that. Like, was it the first episode where John and Danny fly around on their dragons and like go make out at the cave or whatever? Yep. Mm-hmm. So I was I was looking into that scene a lot because it reminded me of John and Egret when they went to their cave and Egret was like, you know, we should stay in here. And when she, at some point in their relationship, one of them says we should have stayed in that cave, um, and they're not in a cave, Daenerys and and John, but they're they're out kinda of in the wilderness and she says like we could stay here for a thousand years and no one would ever find us. Um so it reminded me of that same thing and it, it's sort of like a similar dynamic because Egret started off as John's prisoner and then became his ally and then his lover and then his enemy. Um and it seems like this is kind of going in the same direction where John was like sort of Daenerys's prisoner when he went to Dragonstone. Um and then they were allies. And now they're lovers, and like the seems like the next logical step is for them to become enemies. Um, so I'm trying to read into things like that and to read into the parallels that they're setting up and to sort of make up for the fact that we're missing detail. Like, I mean, we didn't get to say goodbye to Ghost, like, John just looks at him and that's that. And everybody's been talking about how he didn't pet him because of the CGI budget, whatever. But that scene for me was like every they say it in that episode in episode four, every Stark that goes south every stark man that goes south dies ned's brother ned's dad ned himself rob they all went south they all died and so hey
1: John, don't forget about the other one that went north and died so
0: yeah yeah
1: rick didn't didn't do too
0: too hot north either um so john leaving his direwolf behind leaving his stark behind and going south is basically the only hope that he has of, of surviving by leaving that part of himself behind like symbolically, I, like, I'm thinking: Is he safe now? Is he safe from that same fate that's befallen every other Stark? Um, I don't know.
1: Well, that was what um, they they responded to. I can't remember who she was talking to now, but that the person that Sansa was talking to said, "Like, but he's not a Stark." And <clears throat> I think it was I think it was Tyrion, and of course Tyrion, at, Tyrion that, yeah. at that point didn't know that he's like technically not a stark i mean he is he's he's definitely a stark but he's also got this targaryen thing and of course that's when she told him about all of that um but like i thought that was pretty like prescient as well of like oh well like maybe him being targaryen will give him an edge where like the stark boys didn't but like john has never ever been like a like a like like what's the word I'm looking for? just like a smooth operator, right? Like he's never Mm -hmm. been like particularly savvy when it comes to political machinations. Like Mm -mm. his stint as the, the Lord of the night watch or whatever it is was like over so fast because he was trying to do the right thing so much and like go to the North and nobody wanted to follow him. Like, I don't think that even if he ends up on the iron throne, Number one, like, obviously, nobody, he doesn't want it. Like, that's pretty, that's pretty, that, I think that's mm-hmm. pretty well established. But number two, I don't think he'd be particularly good at it. Like, he's never Mm-mm. been proven to be a worthwhile king. And just because he has some blood in him, don't, I don't think that's going to take him very far.
0: He's really good at bringing people together. That's his greatest strength. Yeah. But he's not very good at keeping them together. <laughs> um, as we've just saw after this battle. I mean, I don't, I don't know when it happened that I became a huge Sansa fan. And I've been saying, Tyrion and Sansa for president this whole season. Um, But I was just thinking, what if Daenerys takes the throne, and what if she passes away in some battle or something, uh, and then the Hand of the King has to rule in her place, a.k.a. Tyrion, and then Tyrion marries Sansa, and then somehow Tyrion and Sansa are on the Iron Throne. That's all I want.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like those two, I like their two dynamics, especially the way they wrote it during the uh, Battle of Winterfell scene, like the... Mm -hmm the kind of casual uh relationship that they have now uh which is full of all of this fraught history and like obviously they they've they've changed with the which the show reminds you of like in hitting by hitting you with the hammer of dialogue you know, every every so often um i i'm i'm also a pretty big sansa fan i i don't mm-hmm. i, I <laughs> Like I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion where she's like, I think she just wants to be queen of the North or to have like yeah. John be yeah. king of the North. Like I don't think she gives a fuck about the the about King's Landing or the Seven Kingdoms or any no. of that. No. Um, and like that scene with her, like her and Arya being like, you know, we should probably like take a day and like rust up our dudes. And John's like, no, we cannot do that. We will honor our promise to the Targaryen queen. And I'm like, all right, dude, I know what you're doing here. All right, out. John,
0: <laughs> stop it,
1: stop it, John um yeah he's
0: uh he's making mistakes uh well Daenerys so I actually didn't like Daenerys for many many seasons I liked her in season one um the way that she like kind of overcomes everything that like this whole new culture basically um and is able to find like her own strength in within all that is is I I just thought I liked it I was that was almost 10 years ago now but since then I I just didn't like her character as much because it's a lot of as a result of the show, her repeating the same lines about fire and blood. I will take what is mine. Where are my dragons? Like they became like memes, but it was also because there was a lot of that happening. And then towards season six and seven, when they started pitching her, not as a villain, but as like a potential Mad King 2.0, like the, like the dragon is in her and she is uh, teetering on an edge. And it was only through, her willingness to listen to her advisors that kept her from diving over that edge and then i i found her to be really really compelling then where it's like oh we could have like this almost like a new villain character but she's struggling to to keep doing what's right in the face of all this other stuff and i i really like that and now like especially with the events of the last episode the ending of the last episode like they're really like they're lighting her fires in a way that I'm like kind of excited to see the results of like mistakes are going to be made, but it's going to be intense. It, uh,
1: it, it makes me sad that the production of the show and like all of the actors involved and I'm sure like salaries and like all of the administrative work, like I, I, all that, all of that has to be a factor to like, okay, we're this is going to be the last season. Right. Like, and I'm sure that mm-hmm, there's a mm-hmm. a level of hype to that as well of like we want this to be the last season so it's going to be epic and amazing and all its other stuff but I can't help but feel like if this stuff was stretched out a little bit longer and you actually got to see her descent into madness as the, Mm -hmm. as the queen of of Westeros or something that that wouldn't be just like some of the most exciting television I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And like having like a season to deal with that, right? Like they finally kill Cersei and they get her on the throne and like everything's good until like, you know, the epilogue episode that they used to kind of do at the end of the seasons. And it's like, Oh wait, maybe things aren't good. Like something seems Mm -hmm. weird. And of course they're setting up a lot of this with like, uh, is it? That's not Viserys. It's Varus, right? The the spider guy. Yeah, Varys. Varys, like they like he's obviously like already talking treason and some other stuff. So like I feel mm-hmm. like we're gonna get the the cliff notes version of that in this next episode somehow. And I'm I kind of just wish it would be spread out a little bit. Like I, I obviously I want more yeah. Game of Thrones. Like I think that's the the, the, the answer here. But man, I'd, if she's gonna make that turn, like if she's going to turn into the dragon and 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 kill all of these people in King's Landing and her her loyal subjects who think that she's a would be make a great leader are going to turn on her because of that like I, I really want that to be a season-long arc which obviously is not mm. going to happen she reminds
0: me a lot of um as i was re-watching some of the the end yesterday uh she reminds me a lot of sam winchester in season four okay. where he is like i've got this power and i have to use um, it yeah
1: i'm destined to use it I, yeah
0: I, yeah yeah and like i i really like that like at the very end of the episode when amelia clark is just like that look on her face as she's walking away just in absolute fury i was like oh fuck <laughs> um <laughs> and it just but like it reminded me i mean there's a little bit more passion and, and pure rage in there than what we saw with sam and supernatural because he's his is more like desperation like i'm the only one who can who can defeat the bad thing and i have to use this power that i have um and no one else can do it and then he gets further and further along that path where he's just gonna like he's gonna drink a lady because it's the only you know hope he needs all that demon blood so now daenerys is like getting pushed further and further down her path where like you don't know what's gonna happen she's she ha- she's willing to do anything now like you've lit the fire and now she's gonna she's gonna go off and like i felt for her in that scene in like the great hall at winterfell when everybody's celebrating and she's sitting there and like no one gives a shit like John is like attracting all these people to her. And she's like, you motherfucker, <laughs> everything I've done to get here. And you just and seem you just to do it. Effortlessly. Stupid sword. Yeah. You just yeah. seem
1: to have naturally have this happen to you. And I had to like fight tooth and claw to get here. Oh man. Which
0: explains why she, you know, afterwards when they're, where they're kissing and then they talk about like his, his heritage. And she's like, just like, just like, don't say anything. Like, don't take all this away from me. Cause it's been a long ass time. And I don't want you stealing
1: this. And like, there's a there's a point where I don't necessarily, and maybe this is because I'm I am not an honorable character on a TV show, right? Like, I mm-hmm. Ned Stark was not my dad, <laughs> um, so like right. he didn't teach right. me like you have to tell the truth and nothing but the truth. And even if it gets you and your family murdered over an eight season HBO series, right? um right. And some of the worst ways possible, like you still have to tell the truth. But like I, during that scene, I was like, why does he have to tell Sansa and Arya? Like it's it's an important thing like but it's it's such a him decision like i don't know why he would share it at this point like it's been like if he if he on his deathbed told Sansa that like oh yeah like I found this out about myself I didn't want to be king I was supporting Danny I'm in love with her and like this secret had been kept for 20 something years at this point so like it didn't really matter and like Mm -hmm. I I just felt the need to keep this to myself otherwise I didn't want to throw this country into yet another civil war like I think that's okay like I don't I mean obviously Sansa would be like "I, I wish you would have trusted me with this but also like yeah we didn't we didn't have another civil war you're right and like maybe she turned out to be pretty chill because she doesn't have this strife in her life Mm-hmm. And she's getting laid on the rag because you don't care about incest. So. <laughs> right,
0: right. That's a slip problem. I think he does care about it. He's I think pre- he cares a lot weird. about
1: the incest.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they they do they very much make a point of letting you know that it was John's decision to spread that information. Yes. Because Bran mm-hmm. literally says, it's your decision. Yeah. So if this comes back to bite him in the ass that he just couldn't keep his mouth shut, um, then that's his fault.
1: Well, and like, you know, like Varys says, because obviously Sansa tells uh, Tyrion, and then uh, Tyrion then relays that to Varus, and Varys is like, well, how many people know? And he's like, well, including us, it's, there's eight total people. And so, like, that's, you know, John. It's not Annie. a secret, that's information. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but the, there's so many people that know at this point, like, it's going to get out and, like, it's going mm-hmm. to cause problems. Uh, can we talk about how much Jamie is a dick?
0: Yeah, I love Jamie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yes. I
1: just, man, like. <laughs> You, you obviously are in love with this woman or at least have like very powerful feelings for her, like, and obviously your sister is a huge part of your life or whatever, but like really dude, you were going to sneak out and then, then you're going to act like kind of like distant and, and talk about Cersei when she comes out and like cries in front of your horse. Like, come on, like treat her better, man. What are you doing? Yeah,
0: no, it's not, it's not a very nice, but his line about being a hateful man or whatever, I was like, that's the most genuine Lannister shit that he's pulled in a long time. Um, I mean, I bought a Kingslayer shirt in like season one, I don't know what, I just like that word, I guess. But ever since then, I've been invested in Jamie Lannister being the biggest douchebag in the world. It's like wearing Um, a fucking Hydra
1: shirt, dude. What are you doing? Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) He's the bad guy. Um, I know, I know. Um, But I don't know, he he always seemed really compelling to me, and I've always, I've just been waiting for him to be the one that kills Cersei. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's what I hope will happen. And I also hope that him breaking up with Brienne means that she gets to live. Because I think that any romantic relationship that continues in Game of Thrones means that somebody dies. That's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> There's no, there yeah.
1: aren't any couples, you know? Um, I feel like we're kind of done with the North in general. Like, I don't... Like, mm-hmm. now that the armies have moved south and now that like Arya has gone south like sansa's gonna do her rebuilding thing up there but like we don't need to check in on the north at all like i don't i I wouldn't understand like why we would go back up there from a from a viewer perspective right like i just i just don't yeah i don't know there's there's really nothing left unless again in the epilogue episode like Arya comes home or john comes home or something we see sansa again but like brianne being by sansa's side for the for the rest of her days and never trusting men again. That's hundred percent for sure. <laughs> Ever going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can see that happening.
0: The only thing I could see that of, of, of brand doing is being like, no, fuck this idiot. I'm going to go save him. And she's going to actually stop uh, yeah. Jamie from doing the thing that he feels like he's destined to do. Like he has to go die with her or kill her or whatever. And maybe Brian can get through to him like that one final time of being like, I mean, she's already done quite enough for him, but, um, to be like you're, you're not, you're not this person for the for the last time. This is your last chance to not be that person. And maybe he'll make the right decision. Maybe he'll realize it's too late. And I don't know, um, because everybody's just going to be at King's Landing, just showing up at different times. I guess. Yeah, um, I mean, they made a point to of be...
1: like staggering all these people leaving, right? Like the army left at one mm-hmm. at one time, and then Jamie left at another. Arya left at another. Like I feel like all of these are going to be shown. Like they're going to be appearing in that order, right? <laughs> in in yeah. King's Landing yeah. in mean, the next episode, and. uh I don't know, man, I just, like, it's, it's, everything is happening so quickly and so fast, and I can't really keep up with what's happening, I, like, I love the fact that Cersei has basically invented the, the, um, The what? the ballista the ballista yeah exactly thank you um because and now she's got like fuck she went on like full production mode on them so they're one on the oh, top yeah. of every tower that's so fucking dope like that's such the opposite of what we saw in the battle of winterfell where i felt like all of their tactics were super duper dumb <laughs> like i didn't understand mm-hmm. what they were doing also
0: at all. i i love kyburn um her hand like that creepy mm-hmm. dude i mean i don't like he's not like my favorite character but when he, when he walked out to talk to Tyrion, I was like, this dude's been, like, just lurking for for seasons now. He's always around, he's been getting more and more power, and he, you know, he had the wildfire that she used to um, do all the things she did with wildfire. Uh, so it's not like he's not significant in any way, but he's just, like, he's kind of low-key, super, super scary and creepy. And the way, when he came out to talk to Tyrion a- in front of the gate, he just, he he had this vibe about him, like, oh, like, we're not gonna lose. Like, what makes you think that? Because you have these things that you can beat us. Like, we're very confident that we're we're gonna win. And I just feel like he's like a he's an under underrated villain in this show.
1: Yeah, I, I do too. Like, I feel like he's had a, a large amount of like creepy and um, just just straight up scary stuff about him. Like, he you know he created what the mountain is right now. Like, he's been creating mm-hmm. weird creatures, and I think that's that's a lot of fun. I would think that there's. Yeah. A, I think a, a super cool reveal would be like if they get into this battle and there's like. 10 mountains you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. <laughs> like they have mm-hmm. i think that would be pretty dope
0: the one thing so the uh f- f- the last thing i'll say for this is i love talking about theories because this is the last time that we can do it um until game of thrones is over and game of thrones has basically been my entire 20s um i started reading game of thrones the first one i think in 2010 so it's been yeah i've been 20 in my 20s this whole time so it's been kind of like a big part of my life and like my social circle going out to bars like when i first turned 21 and like just talking to people about game of thrones because that's what was like the hot thing was so it's cool to still be doing that but now it's going to be ending and i'm a little bit sad but um the last thing is that i i had watched something about somebody saying there could be a trial by seven which is trial by combat but it's uh one person for each of the seven faces of the god or whatever it is um and the person listed all of these things that were would or could happen um and he very clearly was like yeah so jamie is gonna knight brian uh and blah 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 <laughs> like all these different things that and like he was like gendry and Arya are gonna hook up and then they'll be here for some reason it was i don't think it's gonna turn out that way but he was right about a lot of other things and it would be interesting to just see like just like seven zombie kingsguard or queensguard versus these random people who have been collected to to fight
1: I, I I enjoy the the theory crafting as well to to an extent. Um, but like Autumn came home today and she's like, yeah, I'm reading a bunch of theories on the internet. Like that there's going to be a surprise dragon. Like a like somebody went and found a dragon or Drogon like was gone for a while and had a separate dragon or something. And I'm like, I just don't think that they're going to do that. <laughs> like I just I don't I just don't know. I mean, I'm here for other dragons. Like if you want to bring some more evil dragons into this, I'm down. I just maybe I need more than one episode of setup for that.
0: Right. Right, it's we have two episodes of Game of Thrones left, ever. That's it. Fucking crazy, dude. That's fucking crazy. And next weekend, I'm going to be at a hotel. And I don't even know if I'll be able to watch it.
1: Yeah, we called, uh, we were in New Orleans uh, this past weekend, and we called the hotel ahead of time and found out they didn't have HBO. Um, and a while back, I had bought a uh, an adapter for Autumn's iPad so that she could like hook it up to TVs and watch Netflix and stuff. Ah. So like a lightning to HDMI adapter. So I grabbed that um and we plugged it in on saturday and tried to get it working and it just did not work and then um sunday night we were like well we'll just watch it on the ipad and then like just we went out and had some delicious dinner and all of a sudden had a couple of beers and then came back and we're like yeah like neither one of us have an hour and a half of like holding an ipad up so you can watch something (laughs) and it's like let's just go to bed get up early come home like do some chores and then like watch some fucking game of thrones so
0: that's more than like what we're going to end up doing. It's just watching it when we get back the next day. Yeah. Um, you hey, do, let's talk about Supernatural. You want to do a Supernatural podcast? 30 minutes of Game of Thrones, of like vague rambling about Game of Thrones while the thing in my mouth gets more and more swollen.
1: Oh, man. This is going to be really weird because I don't really remember this episode very well.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're, gonna, we're just going to go for it. We're going to dig deep.